When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good morning, Birds fan. Appreciate you jumping in bright and early with us here on Birds 365. Our last summer Monday of the year. Because as of next Monday, it'll be a football Monday. Because the Eagles will actually be gathering down in South Philadelphia. We're here to talk about the Birds for the next two hours. Your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And Johnny Mac, it is almost here. The start of the 2023 season. And we know that because... You have an eagle schedule. You, you, <laughs> you know what your uh, working schedule yeah. look like for at least the next couple of weeks. And man, you're going to be working hard, and the eagles are going to be working hard. Not, it's going to be a nice, relaxed summer. Hey, they did it the way they did it last year. And hey, Adam, don't say that. We're still working hard, but yeah, no, it's not, not as hard Stop as it. it used to be. And, and that, that's what I meant by it. Thank yeah. you very much for clarifying that for me. Uh, it's all relatively working hard, but uh, if you comp it to what you used to do, I used to do, and m- most importantly, what the Eagles used to do, yeah, this is a scaled-back prep for the 2023 season, Johnny Mac. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have leaned into it. It's hard to criticize them. I'd like to, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it worked. So, I mean, 
that's what they're leaning on. And they're, I would argue, leaning even further into it uh, with their practice sessions. Uh, you know, the training camp, the traditional training camp portion um, is going to be very light compared to, you know, compared to what it once was in a different era for obvious reasons. I mean, it's lighter everywhere, but the Eagles have taken it to uh, another level and, Look, I mean, they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, they, they, they were, you know, they did the same thing last year. Um, they were healthier than most teams, uh, to say the least. Um, and, you know, it's, and this is where I agree with the Eagles. I've said this before, Jody, is, you know, if you could, I'd like to see if it, if it were under the old rules, what they would do. Uh, but obviously you can never see that. In other words, if you could have two a days, I think there would be certain coaches taking advantage of that. Um, It would be interesting to see what the Eagles did in that type of circumstance. Now you can't do that. So it's become this, as I say, this cost benefit analysis for teams. Well, can't prepare like you used to anyway. So, you know, you weigh that against, being as healthy as possible for week one, there's no reason other than a freak accident that you should lose a starter in the preseason. There's no reason. Um, And that's what the Eagles believe. I kind of agree with them on that. Um, And then you sort of have these growing pains early in the season. And I think the Eagles will. And I think they did last year. And I think most teams do. You know, the, everybody says those first two games are like extended preseason games. You're kind of feeling your way. And you remember week one in Detroit, the Eagles got out to the big lead and they kind of fell apart and, and were able to hold on. Um, a lot of sloppiness, you know, didn't get the ball to Devontae Smith. There were a lot of penalties, you know, a lot of a lot of that. You hope you can overcome it. And the Eagles have enough talent to where, they can out talent teams, make some mistakes, and still win games. So, um, yeah, they want to stay healthy more than anything else, more than anything else in the summer. It truly is a balancing act, and the Eagles did it almost to perfection last year. You talked about the struggles early in the season. How many games did they play before they lost one? Yeah, they exactly. Were, they were undefeated yeah. till 8 0. Uh, so, yeah. despite being a little sloppy <clears throat> here, there, and everywhere, all they did was win football games. So you can't argue against that. And your point about, hey, Jody, don't please don't revisit two-a-days. It just doesn't exist anymore. No teams do it in the National Football League. That's true. They've collectively bargained out a lot of the work that you can do or used to be able to do in the National Football League. That being said, the Eagles might do less than anyone else in the NFL. That They are the king of... Less is more, and sure enough, it worked for them oh, damn close to perfection, at least early in the season. Uh, so not a great surprise that the schedule comes out and the practices are light. The practices are going to be walkthroughs. Uh, you told me that uh, what's labeled as a closed practice means, of course, you can't get in there and uh, none of the media can, but it's just a walkthrough that they've got a bunch of walkthroughs in the first week of practice, first 10 days of practice. They got three walkthroughs already. They too. They too, they have a walkthrough. No media availability. So we'll be there Wednesday. We won't be there Thursday. 
We'll be back Friday. We won't be there back Saturday. We'll be back Sunday. They're all they're having a walkthrough on Monday. Tuesday uh, is an open practice for us. Wednesday, the players, August 2nd, day off. Thursday, practice Friday, first back-to-back practices. Wow. They're, they're going to actually practice back-to-back days? August right. 3rd and August 4th. Then they have a, a walkthrough on the 5th. Then they have the Lincoln Financial Field practice. After the link practice, which is the only open practice to the fans, obviously certain fans are in the Novacare complex, um, you know, but that's season ticket holders, marketing partners, things like that. Uh, then they have, you know, players day off and a walkthrough. So they got two days where we won't be there. And then they dab back-to-back practices again, Wednesday, Thursday, August 9th, August 10th. And that's essentially it for the training camp portion. Um, it, 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 and, and, but you do have the two joint practices after that um, with uh, Indianapolis and uh, Cleveland. Uh, I forget which one's first. I forget the schedule. But uh, so you do have more, and we'll have more time to look at this particular team. But yeah, it's never been less. Um, and they like that, obviously. I, you know, I, I don't want to overstate it. I would say, but they enjoy not having eyes on them. So, right. Well, the vast majority, 90% is about player health. Um, and I don't even say player sub- safety, player health. Um, about 90%, you know, 10% is, hey, we don't have to let people in. Let's do it this way. And to to the Eagles' credit, well, I, I'm assuming credit. Um, you would know better than I, and and the players may or may not give you information. It isn't like practice starts. Sirianni blows the whistle. They go 55 minutes. He blows the whistle again. They all go in and chatter and get that out of dodge. No, they do spend no, a lot of yeah. time in meetings, classroom stuff, breaking down video. Uh, while the time on the field spent actually playing football, working out, doing football activities and allowing the Eagle fans through media members like yourself to know what the hell's going on. That has been severely cut down from certainly what it once was and even the last couple of years. Doesn't mean the Eagles aren't prepping for the season. They're just doing so indoors, not under the watchful eye of guys like John McMullen, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's still full days for the players. I mean, they get there early in the morning and they leave, you know, after dinner time. So it's it's completely um, full days for the players. A uh, lot of walkthroughs, a lot of meetings, as you mentioned. Obviously, you have, you know, strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff mixed in. Uh, so they're doing a lot of work that we don't get to see. Um, And, you know, that's why sometimes, you know, the Eagles kind of snuck up on us going from a a, a nine and eight team uh, squeaking into the playoffs, looking very poor against Tampa in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they're the best team in football for the majority of the season. Uh, So, I don't want to understate they're doing a lot of work. Um, and that's why they feel emboldened to do it this way as well, because it worked for them. 
A lot of work last year paid off in an NFC championship and almost an overall NFL championship. But there are changes, and we've certainly talked plenty about the uh, free agents that left and what Howie Roseman did as best he could to replace him. There's also significant changes on the coaching staff, John, and that's really important at this time of year. I'm not trying to downplay the game day calls, which are uber important, but in the walk-up to a season, in the preparation of the season, in the many hours spent inside the building uh, getting ready for the season, does this this team have a good enough staff? I'm not saying they uh, had to keep Shane Steichen. There's rumor that they were willing to pay Jonathan Gannon a boatload of money just to stay and be the defensive coordinator. He took the Arizona job. Um, they, they've replaced those coaches as well and even expanded the coaching staff, put in a, uh, 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 an extra cornerback coach for this team. How is this team going to be coached this year? Is this coaching staff good enough or will we not know until we actually see them, uh, perform on? Yeah, we definitely won't know defensively till after we see him, especially offensively. I don't think is the biggest a problem because it's Nick Sirianni's offense and, you know, he's made it very clear as much respect um, in the moment I had for Shane Steichen's play calling, you know, that we have to see um, because some of it is, you know, no matter how much work you do during the week, some of it is Shane's feel for what play to call at what time. And he was very good at, what I would say the callback is set somebody up and then come back to it late in the game at a key moment, maybe do something opposite and, and, and cash in really big. I thought he was really, really good at that, had a natural feel for it. Uh, but the offense as a whole, you know, that's Nick, that's Nick. I mean, every play on the sheet is Nick um, and everybody contributing Um you know, Kevin Petullo, I talk about all the time, is a bigger part of this coaching staff than people realize. He's been Nick Sirianni's right-hand man uh, since day one. Um, that's He's closest to him uh, of anybody on the coaching staff, including the prior coaching staff. Um, so he's a big deal, um, and he's still here, sort of as consigliari, I like to call him. Um, and Brian Johnson was here. Uh, he was already here. Um, so I don't have as much concern about the offense, the defense. It's kind of the opposite with the fan base, but I, to be perfectly honest, I think that's emotional and they're, you know, not thinking clearly. Um, they lost again, not only a coordinator who's good enough to get a head coaching job and good enough to get interviews before he got the head coaching job so it's not just the eagles who like jonathan gannon um the number two defense the number one passing defense the fourth team in nfl history let me repeat that the fourth team in nfl history to get 70 sacks um hassan reddick career year josh sweat career year uh, james bradbury career year tj edwards career year Kaiser White career year, Marcus Epps career year, CJ Gardner Johnson career year. Did I miss anybody? Uh, I would All say had their best years. Damn close, Brandon Graham. You can uh, make an argument. I, well, that- I would disagree with that. It was the sacks with Brandon. Brandon used to play 80 
70, 80% of the snaps. I mean, and he was one of the best two-way edge defenders in football. So I wouldn't go that far. He played 30% of the snaps, 35% of the snaps. So I just think he was, his role changed. He embraced his role. So instead of being a starting pitcher, he was a closer. And he shifted, and he played very well. But to me, the starting pitcher is more important. So when he was, when he well, back in the old day, I should say, you know, back in, when baseball ran the way baseball should be run, the starting pitcher was more important. Yeah, but um, but times change, game change, baseball yeah. change, football changes. So that, uh, that that's I'll, the analogy, though. That's the analogy. Okay. Um. So, but either way, all these players having career years. Um. So I think a lot of the criticism there is emotional. But even if you take that away and say, oh, Gannon really does stink. Gannon got lucky. It was all the personnel who happened to have, again, career years. Career years, yeah. uh, At at the same time. They also lost uh, Denard Wilson, who, as I said, if you were doing a coaching depth chart, he would have been number two on the defensive side. He was – Gannon's right-hand man, self-described by Jonathan, and Nick Rollis, who was the number three. They lost both of them. So not only are you replacing the coordinator, you're replacing the two top coaches under the coordinator. Let let me ask you a question on that. Nick Rollis, number three. As per John McMullen or as per Jonathan Gannon? As per Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles. I mean, remember, the Eagles interviewed Nick Rollis to be the defensive coordinator, um, their defensive coordinator, um, once Gannon left, um, before he left to go with Gannon to Arizona. So he was in the mix to be defensive coordinator. A little bit too young. Um, you know, he was very – when the Eagles hired him, he was the youngest position coach in the NFL. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't even think he's 30 yet. He just turned 30. I just looking up. He turned 30 on July 13th. A little bit young, I think, and 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 they felt, I think the Eagles felt, but they really liked him as a coach. Um, so anyway, they lost their three top coaches. Um, and you know, I get the sense, you know, when they made the decision to go outside the organization, and this is again the fan base is assuming the defense is going to be different. It ain't going to be different. I One of the reasons he went outside the organization is because I think Denard wanted to change things a little bit too much. And Nick, 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 let me say it again, Nick wants the Fangio-like scheme. Nick Sirianni wants it. That's what he wants run on the defensive side of the football. Um, now I can talk about it. We had sort of a wide ranging interview with Nick, um, uh, earlier, uh, over the summer, um, before camp to talk about sort of big picture issues. We talked a lot about the coaching staff, a lot about, um, the changes, a lot about Sean Desai, a lot about the defense and the philosophy. And he made it very clear um, you know, he wants certain things done on the defensive side of the football. Limit explosive plays is number one. 
That's why they play the way they do. Through all his studies, Nick says consistently, there's two things. <clears throat> if you win the explosive play battle and you win the turnover battle, which is obvious, if you win those two categories, Lightning's got to strike for you to lose a football game. And he's right. Um, now, it can be frustrating at times. I say it all the time, and Jody knows this. I don't like the scheme. I don't like the scheme because too many teams run it. I think co uh, uh, quarterbacks are getting used to it, uh, especially the top-tier quarterbacks, I think, um, which they really did struggle when they kind of unfurled it a number of years ago. Um, I think too many teams use it. We've seen it in the past, whether it's Tony Dungy's Tampa 2 or um, – which I was on the ground floor of. It was really Tony Dungy's Minnesota too, but that's not as catchy, and they didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, people caught up to it. Pete Carroll's cover three, people caught up to it. I think people have caught up to this, but we'll see how it shakes out. Sean's here because he is a direct, direct, direct disciple of Vic Fangio. That's why he's here. And that's why Denard Wilson isn't here. understand everything you're saying except for one thing. Nick Rallis is their number three coach. You just ran down some of the seasons that everybody had last year, and a lot of it had to do with the defensive line and the ability to pressure the quarterback and the like. I think Tracy Rocker and Jeremiah Washburn would raise their hands and go, wait a minute, linebackers who you let the two starters who had career years walk out the door. You're suggesting their coach was a better coach than the job that we did with the defensive line. I, I find that tough to comprehend. If uh, the well, Philadelphia so little an emphasis on linebacker would so emphasize the abilities of their linebacker coach, then why don't you get some linebackers? And why don't you upgrade a little bit of linebacker? If linebacker is that important to the coach, the third best coach on your staff, why, why wouldn't you invest a little bit on actual players at that position? Well, they can, uh, that's different from coaching and, you know, what someone's coaching acumen or coaching ability. Remember, they have everybody in the building. They can interview whoever they want. They interviewed two people in the building to be defensive coordinator. They didn't interview Jeremiah Washburn. They didn't interview Tracy Rocker. Uh, they interviewed Nick Rollis. Um, and obviously they interviewed Denard Wilson. Um, they could have. They could have interviewed those guys. Uh, they didn't because they think, you know, and again, it's a bigger picture. They think Nick has a higher upside as far, far as coordinating an entire defense and ultimately, you know, everybody's personal ambition or most, shouldn't say everybody because Jim Johnson existed, uh, Jeff Stoutland exists. Right, but they but thought most, so, they thought so much in Nick Rallis that he's got a chance to be a defense corner. Why isn't the, the the defensive corner of the Eagles right now? He's twenty. He was twenty nine years old. I said they think he needs a little more experience. He is a defensive coordinator. He he'd be what, here, what, but he what left. What coaching position does he hold for the Arizona Cardinals? Defensive coordinator. Oh, okay, so the Cardinals thought he was uh, old enough to be the come to DC, but the Eagles didn't. So how much did the Eagles really think that, that they were going to make? Well, everybody's different. I mean, Jonathan's there. Jonathan loves them. I mean, it, you know, everybody's different. There's not too many guys who are going to hire a 27-year-old to be a position coach. The Eagles did. There's not too many teams that are going to hire a 30-year-old to be a defensive coordinator. The Cardinals did. 
Um, there's not too many teams that would hire a 29-year-old to be a special teams coordinator. The Eagles did. Um, I had a lot of questions about what the Eagles did on their original coaching staff. Hey, it was a good coaching staff in hindsight. And now, and Philadelphia's been through this before, Jody, with Andy Reid and, and Doug Peterson, most notably. When you lose good coaches, I was compared to the Xerox machine. The copy usually isn't as clear, not quite as good. And it, all you get the generation after generation, a little bit worse, that copy becomes. Typically, that's what happens. That's the concern. And it should be. And the reason it will be paying close attention to Eagles here in the preseason is we got to see how much the quality of that copy did come down. It may come out perfectly. It may actually be an upgrade if you got a really nice, a really quality copier. Um, but uh, they got to be able to show us uh, with what they do while coaching and when the season actually starts. All right. We're making Jeff Kerr wait. Look up at me, Jeff Kerr. He's got the headsets on there. He's smiling. All right. He's ready to go. Uh, our pal from CBSSports.com, Jeff Kerr. First guest next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Mega Mac here with you on Birds 365. We got our boy, the bowling pro, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports, to jump in with us earlier on a Monday. You do any keggling this weekend, Jeff Kerr? Not this weekend, but last week. Um, had a nice little 672 series, but can't make a seven pin, Jody Mac. It's one of the easiest oh. shots in bowling, and I can't make it. Oh, really? Be, is that a Steve Sachs like hiccup type thing? Chuck Knobloch hiccup type thing? Yeah, it's honestly, you can throw, you can roll a reactive ball seven miles per hour and you should be able to hit a seven pin. Yeah, I, I just flat out didn't get it there. Right. <laughs> you missed the one pin standing seven a couple times over the weekend, huh? Uh, I only missed it once, but I... Once? Then what are you bitching about? Come well, on, you, you missed it once, come on. I should have missed it. You guys can make that pin. All, all you got to do is just drop the ball down the lane. What is so dismissive of, of us, Jody. You guys can make that shot. Anybody if, can make that shot. If you missed it three times in three games, all right, I'll, I'll give you. Once in three games, that's you missed it, and you're complaining about it? Come on, you're betting than that car. And you're betting you got to get the seven the next time you, you need it badly. I'll tell you what, Jody, if I missed it three times in a row, you would probably see me go on a viral rage like Eagles fans did on Jonathan Gann after the Super Bowl. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll check out that video. Uh, All right, Jeff. Um, Everybody be underway by the middle of this week. Eagles start. uh, They report tomorrow. Start with their first uh, practice on Wednesday. This offseason, we don't think much has changed in the NFC. The last two teams standing were San Francisco and Philadelphia. We know what happened in that championship game. If Brock Purdy had played, San Francisco would have won. No, I'm not going No, <laughs> Stupid 49er fans can't let that go. 49er players can't let that go. You may have won. You definitely wouldn't have won the way they stated it. But uh, load this offseason is coming, gone. Changes everywhere. Teams are different. Yeah, it's still the 49ers and Eagles, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> everything else changed below those top two teams in the NFC you have for me. How about for you? I would add Dallas in that mix. Uh, I still think Dallas is one of the top three teams in that conference. I think they could break up the 49ers party. I don't know if they're better than the Eagles. I think their talent is there, but they got a bum calling plays in Mike McCarthy. I, I, I don't understand the logic. Of, Poor Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the logic of getting rid of Kellett Moore. And you know who's going to benefit from it? Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It, that's a home run hire for the Chargers. And, well, I, I will say, you know, no more excuses for Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mike's won a lot of games. I don't know. You know, a lot of it is Aaron Rodgers, but he's won a lot of games in Dallas. Now they failed in the playoffs. We know that. Um, I'm I'm on wait and see mode. Yeah, I think a lot more of the Cowboys than most uh, people in Philadelphia for obvious reasons. I mean, I think most are caught up in the rivalry. I think it's a a really good football team. You know, Dak's got to have a bounce back year. And I do, you know, I think people talked – if you remember when Mike McCarthy was saying he he wants to play, essentially he was playing, he wants to play smarter. 
Um, and people took that as he wants to run the football. He's caught in 1975. That's not what the modern NFL is. I think you had the whole anim- analytics community jumping down his throat. What he was saying is sort of the difference between, I always talk about the difference between Chip Kelly and Bill Belichick with tempo. You know, you got to be smart. You got to, hey, use it. Nobody used it better than the Patriots with Tom Brady, uh, who could run things from the line of scrimmage like, a, uh, you know, a maestro, uh, spectacular. But he also had the, the common sense as a head coach to say, all right, we got a three-touchdown lead, two-touchdown lead. You know, let's take the foot off the gas. Let's milk clock. Chip Kelly never had that. And all of a sudden, he's wearing players out, veterans, not 19-year-old kids, 20-year-old kids. You got Jason Peters out there huffing and puffing as a as a veteran. Um, just didn't have that extra aspect. I see that not to that degree, but my, that's what Mike was trying to say. Uh, Look, but, Jed, let me ask you a question. And, yeah, I'm going to attack Mike McCarthy here. Who's more in charge of his team, Nick Sirianni or Mike McCarthy? We said in the first segment of today's show, don't kid yourself, it's Sirianni's offense, even though Shane Steichen might be not calling the play. It's all about Nick's offense. He puts a So McCarthy's offense that he was running last year was too dumb? Is he throwing himself under the bus or is departed offensive coordinator under the bus? Which one is it? Well, if you're asking who's in charge of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's Sherry Jones. Yeah. I'll tell you what. He's throwing the owner under the bus. That's what you're telling me. Oh, yeah. Are you saying that the Cowboys aren't a smart enough team because they're owned by Jerry Jones? Yeah. Jerry's not smart enough to figure it out, but yeah, a little bit. I mean, if you think about, you can go back to Jason Garrett. Now, who, who it, it, Jerry Jones ordered Jason Garrett to stop calling plays and whoever, it might've been Scott Linehan. I forget who it was Scott Linehan. Yeah. It might, it, it, you know, he, he basically ordered it. Uh, when he hired Mike, the same, he loved Kellen Moore, similar to what I was talking about with uh, Nick Rollis, but he thought he was too young to be a head coach, but he wanted him calling plays. Jerry Jones, I'm talking about. Um and obviously, Mike has gotten to the point where he's convinced him, look, we got to change some things if we want to get over the hump. And if it fails, he'll get fired. You know, it's a calculated gamble, obviously. But if he believes in it, and I think he does, I'm going to wait and see approach. He might fail. But, I, you know, he's won a lot of games. There, There's an issue with the Cowboys that not a lot of people have talked about it and especially the talking heads over at ESPN. What's going to happen when Tyron Smith gets hurt like he normally does, Zach Martin holds out or gets hurt. He doesn't get hurt, but it could happen. Terrence Steele's coming back from a major injury. Their offensive line, their their top five, could rival the Eagles as the best in the NFL. It's not, but it could rival it. But you get one injury there, they got to shuffle everything. They don't have the depth. It's, it could be a major issue. Well, I, I, I'll say something, Jeff. The Eagles' depth isn't the same on the offensive line. No, now, it, the Eagles have the not. best offensive line in football. No Dennis Kelly's going to help, though. Dennis Kelly will help. He's 34 years old. He's going to be 34. I'm, I'm, Maybe but, a year but last year, though. His, oh. it, the indication by that signing is we're not comfortable with our depth. Mm-hmm. That is what that signing was about. And 
Yeah. The Eagles are kind of in the same boat, is what I'm trying to say. By the way, you know. Your colleague called that, Ed Kratz. He said that they were going to sign somebody. Yeah. They did. Um, he Ed liked was on that train. Offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, he went Dalton. He, he was focused more on right guard. The Eagles, I think, were focused more on swing tackle or left tackle specifically. Someone but... tells me Tyler Steen's going to win that job, by the way. That right guard. Uh, he might. You know, a lot. You, you never know with rookies. You, you really don't. Especially – like Jalen Carter is going to play. I'm very confident. Nolan Smith is going to play too. Uh, I, I don't know how much Nolan's going to play because well, play, they have so much play. depth. They have so much depth. Uh, yeah, he'll be the fourth guy in the rotation, so he'll play. But I mean, significant snaps. Jalen Carter's going to play significant snaps. Um, is Sidney Brown? Maybe. Is Tyler Steen? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. They play very little. Uh, that all depends on how quickly they pick things up. And, you know, I just went down the schedule before you came on, Jeff. You have it. They're not doing a lot of on-field work. Uh, that's not <laughs> going to affect yeah. <laughs> Jason Kelsey or Lane Johnson. It might affect Sidney Brown or Tyler Steen's ability to get up to speed for week one. I'll, I'll say that. John, I don't know if you talked, you guys talked about before I came on, but doesn't it feel like the light training camp schedule has more to do with who they're participating with and joint practices because they got two of them this year? No, I think they do it either way. But yeah, I mean, they had two last year. I mean, they've been doing that. It, that Nick values the joint practices more than the preseason games. So they've been doing that. Um, and you'll see all the starters get work against Cleveland and Indy uh, and not play basically at all. You might get a series uh, to get the fans excited with Jalen Hurts. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to see many of the starters in the preseason game, to put it mildly. (laughs) Just let it be on record. I'm asking both you guys right here, right now, you know which way I'm leaning. Um, Last year, the Cowboys scored 467 points, third most in the National Football League. Yeah, it's about the only... defense, Cody. What's that? It's about the defense, not the offense. Yeah. In other words, it, it he he's trying to manage the game better. In, in other words, not that they weren't explosive offensively. They turned it over too much. Um, you know, why are you trying to push it if you're in the lead? Why? What I talked about with milk and clock, up-tempo, down-tempo – if you have a 10-point lead, maybe it's smarter to bleed the clock a little bit. And we'll see if he's right. Yeah, but that's they, the part that everybody No, what you're telling me is Kellen Moore. He says, forget about Jerry Jones. He's throwing Kellen Moore completely under the bus. That oh, his yeah. playing did not – his play calling was not smart enough for the Cowboys yes. to yes. win against that, that, yeah, They also right. think that right. Dak Prescott threw 15 interceptions last year because he threw the ball 41, 42 times a game. They want to cut that to, like – 31-36, and now limit the interception. Right, then, then here's my next question for you, representing uh, Mike McCarthy, either one of you. Who's going to carry the ball if Tony Pollard has got to miss a week? That, you know what, Jody? That's what I asked on uh, my three training camp questions for each team in the division. Who is an Ezekiel Elliott reunion possible? Is it going to be Deuce Vaughn? Who, who Who's it going to be? Like, do they trust anybody behind Tony Pollard? And 
I'll be honest. I think the longer this thing goes, the more chance there is of a potential Ezekiel Elliott return there. Yeah, I think that too. And uh, but but even if there isn't, I think you know they're like everybody else. You know, they're starting to talk about uh, Malik Davis, who whoever yeah, the hell Malik that Davis. is. I mean, yeah. they think they, they think love Malik anybody, Davis. <laughs> yeah, they think anybody can run the football just like everybody else. They're no different than the Eagles. Were ahead of the curve on that. Um, they think the same as everybody else, and. John, yeah. confirm this with me. The last multi-year deal the Eagles gave to a running back, was, was it DeMarco Murray? Yeah, well, that worked out well. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why they give running backs one-year deals. And, oh, by yeah. the way, Tony Pollard last year, 193 carries, uh, easily the most in his career. You're going to give it to him even more this year because you asked Dak to throw it more too much last year, and that's why he threw all those picks. Okay, so how many carries is Tony Pollard going to get? You're jumping him up from 193 to 250, 260. You don't think he's getting hurt? If, if, get, if, you, if you try and use him as the main guy of the offense to keep them from making b- bad mistakes in the passing game, good luck keeping Tony Pollard. I'll say this. There's, there's not a lot of tread on Tony Pollard's tires. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I always say I can't. I can't legislate injuries, so I can't worry about that. He's my He's my best player. I'm going to, I'm going to give him the football um, in the backfield, my best player in the backfield. Uh, he's going to get the football if he's healthy. It's a lot of talk with the Eagles about a committee approach, a committee. I don't know what that means. We talked to Nick about that as well in our sort of session, pre-training camp session. And he could tell he was giving out hints. Um, he's like, well, you can do it a lot of ways. And, you know, as long as you check the boxes, you check, you know, one guy checks box A, one guy checks box B, one guy. But, you know, common sense, if Rashad Penny's on the field and you're going to run the football and, oh, it's third down, here comes DeAndre Swift. Oh, it's, you know, hurry up situation. Here comes Kenny Gainwell. And you have true, uh, a true committee approach. Don't you think opposing defenses figure that out? And all of a sudden you got to bust trends, right? Because, oh, Penny's on the field, they're going to run. And then you got to throw him the football. Then he's doing something he's not good at, that Swift's good at, and vice versa. So he wants a lead back. They're going to spend the summer trying to define who their lead back is. And then, and I think it'll be Swift. But then if he gets hurt and he's got people talk about Penny, he's only three years in the league. He's never played more than 13 games, 13, 13, 13. So he's always banged up a little bit. Um, He gets hurt. Then you go to the next guy as the lead back. You know, that's what you do. And that's a position. The running backs got their Zoom call. How do we stop it? Newsflash, you can't stop it. You're not stopping it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you're not. I mean, look at what Saquon Barkley's going through. The Giants literally depended on Saquon Barkley for them to win football games this year. You mean to tell me they're going to Gary Brightwell or whoever their backup running back is to win football games? I, I got sign, news for Sign James Robinson this weekend. That's going to make I, all the difference in the world. He just got cut from the Patriots after signing a two-year deal. It's I, I, I'm going to say this with the Giants. They better get this shit figured out or – 
they are going to win five games this year. Speaking of running backs, by the way, uh, Bill's uh, Naeem Hines suffered a significant knee injury off sites and is expected to uh, miss the entire season that's already. That's why you know it was offsite, but wow! I just um, did a I just did a Bills preview spot uh, over the weekend on CBS Sports Radio, and I was asking about Naheem Hines, significant uh, as in done for the year type. Done stuff? for the year, yeah, done for done the year. For the year. There's All a reason right. why the Bills won't sign Dalvin Cook because they got James Cook, and he's right. They're not going to cut into the brothers' time. Uh, just a quick reminder for you two guys: last year championship game, uh, San Francisco against Dallas. Tony Pollard, six carries for 22 yards. Uh, yeah, he's going to lift them past San Francisco this year. Not happening, guys. You know, you know, here's a fun stat with the running backs, too. You know LeGarrette Bunny has been the leading rusher on three of the last ten Super Bowl champions? Really? Yep. Patriots twice and the Eagles. Just bring LeGarrette back. <laughs> he probably could still do it. Well, how old is he now, 35, 36? Uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up. But uh, I think we're yeah, the same I age. Mean, you know, LeGarrette um, was a good player, but, um, you know, yeah. even the Eagles, the Super Bowl year, they brought in Jay Ajahi for a reason. Um, and I kind of split it, but, um, yeah, that's the thing about that position. The best players, look, it, it's a catch-22, and that's why they're having Zoom calls. Because if your best players are running back, like Saquon Barkley, you're not going to be a championship contender. I went through it with Adrian Peterson. And, and, you know, that's a Hall of Fame. That's a first battle Hall of Fame player. Even that. And by the way, the game has further changed from his wheelhouse where more teams, you know, believed in the running game. And it's gotten even further away from that. It's really tough to build a a Super Bowl championship in the modern era around a running back. I, I don't think it is possible. John, were you covering the Vikings in 08 when they played the Eagles in the playoff game in the wildcard game with Tavares Jackson? Is that yeah, the, the Westbrook screen pass? Yeah, yeah the Westbrook screen pass game. Yeah, Childress. <laughs> yeah, I remember going into that week, I said, just prevent two or three big plays from Adrian Peterson, you'll beat that team, right? Yeah. And he had that 140-yard run. And I remember they were making a big deal about, oh, he had 20 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns. I'm like, well, take away the 40-yard run. And he really didn't do much to impact that game. And no. Eagles won, what, Well, yeah, but and, and then that's the point. Think about how good Adrian Peterson was. And he was to get to uh, Boris Jackson To get to Boris Jackson in the playoffs and Christian Ponder in the playoffs. That's how good he was. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um in fact, in some ways, it's detrimental because you you fool yourself. And I saw this uphand. You fool yourself into thinking you're better than you are. The Giants did that this all season. Yeah. I, I said, I guess they like losing 38-7 in the divisional round. Yeah. It's really difficult for running backs because you, you like to have a good one. But, you know, you almost want to get lucky in finding a good one. And then – you use them up for four years, like the Cowboys used up to Marco Murray, and then the Eagles made the foolhardy decision to sign him after all those touches. He was never the same player. You know, it's tough. Didn't slide for a first down either and had a interesting meeting on the plane one day. Well, here's, here's what all the running backs in the National Football League 
have to be rooting for this year if they're just worried about their own ability to make money and position in the league. They need to root for the 49ers to win it all and McCaffrey to have a huge year. Because if he does, Johnny Mack just ran it down for us. You fool yourself into believing you can win with a running back as you keep playing. If McCaffrey is their most important player and the 49ers win it with a big defense, don't leave that out of the equation, but a second-year underpaid Mr. Irrelevant quarterback and they win the whole thing, then you can't say you can fool yourself. No, the 49ers proved you can do it. So for all the running backs out there rooting for their own team first, secondly – you probably want to be rooting for the 49ers. Yeah, that, see, in, in my opinion, Jody, that, that's the one guy who's not going to change it. They're just going to make excuses and say, well, he's different. He's different. He's the out. He is the outlier. It's, that's it's the a reason. terrible contract. That's why Carolina got rid of it. Yeah, but that's the reason he got the contract to begin with, though. He's more than a running back. Like everybody talked about it with B. John Robinson. He's more than a running back. He's more than a running back. He's going to play in the slot. I guarantee Atlanta's not going to play B. John Robinson in the slot. Oh, San Francisco will if they deem fit, and Christian can do it. Um, it, it, You know, he is a very – and this goes back to 2017 when I talked to the Eagles a lot about that guy. They love Um, Christian, by the way. Yeah. Um, He is different. He is a different running back. Like Adrian Peterson is a running back. Christian McCaffrey is, whether you want to call it weapon, manufactured player. Swiss Army knife. And he can run. And he can run. Um, but that's just a little bit of what he can do, and that's why the Eagles, for all the talk about the Eagles won't take a running back, won't take a running back, won't take a running back, won't take a running back. And I said it, Jody will tell you, leading up to the draft, no matter how much hype about Bijan, I call this Bijan 365 at time. They're not taking Bijan Robinson. They were taking Christian McCaffrey in 2017. They were taking him. He never got close to what was it, 14? Yeah, he went nine, I think. Uh, yeah, one. Because I, I think, think Mahomes went, eight, went right after him. Yeah. Is that- um, either way, they were taking him. And with the 14th pick in the draft, they would have taken him. They never got the opportunity. Uh, and if you don't believe me, Albert Breer confirmed it um, this year for some reason. Um, however, it's always about the player. There's always an outlier. He's the outlier. He's the outlier. He's not changing anything for the running back position, Christian McCaffrey. No, unless someone can believe that they can find the next Christian McCaffrey. And I know you I, don't, I have, don't know who I don't, the next I know John and, is doesn't have near as much faith in the Atlanta offense coordinator as he does in the 49ers head coach. Or oh, I think they're going to try. I, I think they're going to try and the, make B. John Robinson, Christian McCaffrey South. I, I have faith in the Falcons offensive line. I'll say that. I have faith in their ground and pound scheme. And I think B. John's going to put up some amazing numbers in there, but I don't know if he's going to oh, be. Oh, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a great running back. I think he's going to be a great running back. And that's the extent of it. I, you know, I mean, They're last I looked, good years out of him. Last I looked, they still have uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, you know, they want to get the ball to their playmate. And the 49ers have Ayuk and Debo Samuel, too. But somehow McCaffrey's still the most important well, guy in that offense. I, I would say Debo Samuel is. I think he gets paid a lot of money to not be as productive as he was two years ago. 
I, I, I agree with Jody. It's going to be Christian um, this year. Remember, they'll, they'll have him for the full year, at least when he's healthy. You know, and he's got some, obviously. He was really good for well. them last year, too. Like, the, I, I know their schedule kind of correlated with McCaffrey's success there, too. And But the, I don't think they lost the game with McCaffrey. No, after undefeated. The game. No. Undefeated with McCaffrey and, 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 and undefeated and, and, with. And, and Jody can also tell you, I don't like manufactured touch players. I don't like them except with Kyle Shanahan. If somebody else proves they can freaking use them, I'll give I'll give them credit. Nobody else uses them. Do you guys think Kyle Shanahan's under a lot of pressure to win a Super Bowl? Oh, this year? A ton of pressure. Ton like, of pressure. Like, like we have to have that conversation. I don't care who he gets the NFC championship game with. Like, don't at some point, don't you kind of need a quarterback to beat the Eagles? Well, I I think I think Kyle is a very good play caller, a very good schemer, probably the best schemer in professional football. But I don't necessarily think he's a great head coach, and that's what I liked his, about Nick Sirianni. His game day acumen is not good. Uh, I saw no. that. I saw that in the last two minutes. And you know why? I think Jeff is because he gets bogged down with the play calling, and he gets bogged down with the admittedly brilliant offensive stuff he comes up with, but that is a big, big sort of matzo ball on game day to use Jerry Seinfeld. That's hey, a big hey, you know ball. what? He out schemed Andy Reed in Super Bowl 54. He out schemes everybody. But, but, but Andy Reed schooled him after halftime of that game. Who yeah. was remind me here, boys, who was the Carolina offensive coordinator? McCaffrey's second and third year in the league when he was getting 100 catches, not just 30, 40, 50 catches like he's done the last couple of years, who made manufactured touches work in Carolina. Boy, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember either. That's why I'm asking. Oh, was it Shula? It wasn't Shula. uh, For part of it, maybe. Let me look. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Oh, man. But, he said that the only one who can actually pull off manufactured touches is Kyle no, Shanahan. I, and for the know, most part, I, I agree with you, but uh, there was a guy who was, uh, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is. Sometimes manu- I over, sometimes I with a lot of games things. doing that, though. Sometimes Game? I get in trouble when I, when I overstate things. But I will say this, and that's the second part of it. Mm-hmm. And the bigger part of it is Christian is different than all these guys. Right. So he is why, why does why did Shanahan get credit for manufactured touches? For was he in on the running back the call by the way? Last year? He, he he did as well as he did because he's Christian McCaffrey, not because of Shanahan's scheme. Well, no. Oh, well, it, it, it's much easier to use Christian McCaffrey than say uh, Bijan Robinson. That's my point. People think not everybody, but a lot of people think Bijan Robinson can be a similar receiver as Christian McCaffrey. He can't. That's not an insult. He's not. I was talking to numerous scouts when he was coming out. They said he ran better routes than the receivers at the combine. You're, you're When you put a normal running back in the slot, even if it's Austin Eckler, even if it's um, if you think Bijan Robinson can become Austin Eckler is a great receiver here, DeAndre Swift's a great receiver. I think Kenny Gainwell is a great receiver. If you do that consistently, 
its advantage defense for a mediocre nickel corner. If you're going to take a receiver off the field, that's a playoff for an NFL nickel corner. With Christian, it's not. That's the difference between him and everybody else. Well, if Christian McCaffrey catches the ball, there's a really good chance he's taking it 20 yards. Yeah, he, he I I you know, I talk about this with Colin Thompson all the time who who played with Christian. He's one of those guys. So I always say what what you know, players when players are wowed by other players, I take notice. I always say AP was one of them. Uh it, Peterson, Randy Moss was one of those. Michael Vick was one of those. Um, Aaron I'll even, Donald. I'll, I'll even Aaron, say Saquon Barkley was one of those. Saquon's one of those. Aaron Donald's uh, probably the most clear, uh, current example. Um, Brandon Brooks just was awed by Aaron Donald. Um, Christian's one of those guys amongst NFL players. That's when you know, all right, this guy, this guy's different. This guy's, this guy's, and he is. Can I say there might be a guy on the Eagles this year that could be one of those, and they drafted him in the first round? Yeah, yeah. Jalen Carter. Potential, yeah, Uh, potential. From what I've been hearing, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, so let me put this. It's more to John, but Jeff, if you're going to get down there and you're going to potentially be there, you can answer it too. What drill, what specific workout that we're going to see in the limited amount of activities Eagles are going to have here in the first week to 10 days that Jalen Carter is going to get everybody to go wow that you're all going to have your phones ready so you can catch the video so you can show what he's capable of doing is there anything the Eagles are going to be doing where Jalen Carter could get a wow moment in the if they keep them near us right John yeah uh one-on-ones yeah yeah, one on one. Who is the one? Yeah. Offensive lineman is he going to embarrass? Uh, Kelsey. Yeah, all um, of them. <laughs> no, don't tell Kelsey. You, yeah. Kelsey's going to charge you, uh, challenge you to a chugging contest for that one, McMullen. Yeah. He's going to make you pay for that. Uh, he'll he'll beat all of us in a chugging contest. I guarantee yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, as Stoutman will tell you, first one on ones are the offense is up against it, and the it's advantage pass rusher to begin with. Um. If you just even look minutely good, or if you look really bad as a pass rusher, you got issues. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna school people. I want to see Jalen Carter uh, versus Landon Dickerson in one on ones. That's yeah, a lot. He's gonna say. school poor Landon. Oh yeah, he's gonna um, school everybody. He's Jalen yeah. Carter. Now there will be times when he gets a you know, I've seen it with too many young players. Uh, there will be times and. There's spare questions because of his pro day about his motor and all that kind of stuff. You got to be going. I'll bring up another guy I got to cover, Jared Allen. I remember the old Cheese League when he was on Kansas City. Jared Allen was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. That guy didn't take a playoff, by the way. Did not take a playoff in practice. He was a fourth-round pick. I got to see him his rookie year. I said, who the hell is this guy? He is destroying people. In one-on-ones, destroying people. But he he never, as Jeff says, never took a playoff. Unbelievably high motor, and he ultimately turned into. He will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know when he gets in, but he'll get in. Um, it, it you know, it's designed for athletic pass rushers to 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 look good. 
He's going to look good. Now, every once in a while, Landon will probably get his hands on him. And Nolan Smith should look him. good in them, too. Yeah, Nolan will as well. Yeah, he will as well. Uh, he will look very good. Now, Nolan, because he's so undersized, like if Lane gets a hold of him, uh, he's going to look bad occasionally. But he will have some... He will have some good reps as well. All right, yeah. Jeff Kerr, we kept you long enough. I just want uh, you to remember, and Johnny Mac to remember this. Johnny Mac said it to you on July 24th. The whole running back Zoom thing, they got nothing they can do. They all came together and held hands and sang Kumbaya and then realized. Well, we had a more productive call right now than probably the running <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Uh and basically they came out and said our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection you don't have to give up carbs or anything and with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're screwed, which is true. The only way they can get uh, some uh, fairness back into the situation is to be collectively bargained. This will be the time when the running backs will have a chance to get some fair treatment. The NFL's 18th game. Because the NFL wants to go to 18 games soon, as in like next year. And they got that's six the, more, that, that six more years to go on a collective bargaining agreement. They're going to want to try and negotiate that 18th game with the players to add to it. That's the only crack, the only opening I see for running backs. When the NFL comes hat in hand to the Players Association and says, yeah, we want to do away with one of the preseason games. We want to pump up the schedule by one more game. That's when they have to get their just due. If they don't, shame on the union, shame on their brethren who are watching their salaries go up, everybody else's and running backs go down. That's the only way they're going to get it done. There has to be an opening of the collective bargaining agreement. And the only thing the owners are going to open it up for is an 18th game. So Yeah, but they have two. I will say this, Jody. They have two hurdles because you're right about the CBA, but they got to convince their own side right. to, to, to fight for them. And there's never been any indication that the Players Association will fight for any uh, – uh, uh, targeted group in other words you know for years all uh, interior offensive linemen were underpaid 
Nobody gave a crap. Um, you know, they were less valued. Receivers um, were underpaid at one point. Yeah. Uh, they'd never shown any indication that they're willing to do it. So before they even get to that point, they got to convince their own uh, Players Association. I don't think they're even going to be able uh, to do that. The last time the Players Association actually grew a pair and fought for something, the league was on a lockout till August, and no one seemed to care. They just wanted their football. Well, who's the who's new players association president? That's good. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, they just is they it, pushed the old guy out the door. Yeah, it's yeah. not D. Smith. It's um, I forget his name. Uh, that Smith. is a million dollars. I I, I do whoever, whoever he is. I know the players a hint, Here's a hint from Jody McDonald. Take care of one group before you get less practice time, okay? Because the only thing the players association ever wins is gee, twenty minutes less of. Walkthroughs during preseason. That's all they ever win. It's last practice time. The, the, Nick Sirianni figured out how to get by you. that too. Take care of your running backs. Get them some. Uh, the great. Uh, by by the way, it is the great Lloyd Howell's job. Um, he got you know, it. I could tell you. I didn't know that. I could tell you, Ed Garby, uh, Gene Upshaw, D. Smith, off the top of my head. It's going to take me fifteen years to remember. Uh, uh, I've already forgotten it. Lloyd Howell's Lloyd name. Howell. Is it Lloyd, Lloyd Howell? Think, think, think Thurston Howell. Just put I was going to say, is it Lloyd Howell III? Was he on the ship with Gilligan Yeah, that's a good uh, mnemonic. <laughs> what do you call it? Yeah, I got to remember that. Thurston Howell III. That's a good one. I'll give you guys credit. Lloyd Howell. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. All right, Kerr, you stayed past your expiration date. Uh, All right, wait. I've been, I've been waiting to say this for like 24 hours. Follow uh, Jeff Kerr. On X at Jeff Carson. What? You yeah, you involved changed, with that nonsense? They changed Twitter to no, yeah. X. They changed it. We're not like you, Jody. We don't we don't actually I, go. We have to. Uh, I mean, we it. go yeah. on it. We have yeah. to. Yeah, we have X. It's now called because of Wait Elon Musk. I uh I, I just punched it up. It says Twitter right here. Oh no, the X it will be X. Up. Oh yeah. shoot, it's up. The X is up. Holy mackerel. At Jeff Kerr CBS on X. X. They should have called it Twitter X. I think I would have liked that more. Yeah. Then it sounds like a porn site or something. Yeah. Well, everything Elon does is crazy anyway. So you might as well just do that. Well, uh, I'll be checking you out on X later on this afternoon. (laughs) Thanks, Kerr. Always a pleasure. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week, brother. Yep. Sounds great, guys. John, I'll see you Wednesday. See you, The X star, Jeff Kerr, here with us on CBS Sports on Birds 365. He's CBS, I'm CBS. But when we're here, we're Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming right back. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. 
So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, you got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're hoping to talk to Johnny Sunshine. John Clark going to join us in just over 10 minutes from now um, before camp gets underway. Trying to get uh, John up and on. Um, he's heading to a golf tournament. What else is new? Clark covers every single sport. He covers the airport or he's playing golf or tennis. And otherwise, he's at some sporting event I, and, and or going to Springfield. Damn, I guess Clark has a pretty full life full of the mind. Why the hell am I making fun of him? Um, <laughs> I question, what does X mean? And I don't I, mean I don't X is an O's like Shanahan or whatever. It, it's just a name change to Twitter. Is anything going to drastically change with Twitter now that they're rebranding? I have... No idea. A lot of things have drastically changed since Elon Musk has uh, joined uh, as he tries to siphon eight ninety nine out of everyone uh, per month. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, he just changed the name because he didn't like the name and he's got uh, enough money to waste uh, $40 billion. <laughs> I don't know if you have that branding. I would have uh, kept it, but uh, what do I know? He's the rich guy. But um, as far as you know, I, I was on Twitter last night, a.k.a. X, and I didn't have any trouble getting the information I needed when I wanted to tweet. I was able to tweet on X as X, whatever. Other than the name change, does it mean anything? You, you, uh, are you... <laughs> It all comes down to, I guess, how you use it and how often you use it. Uh, is there going to be drastic changes because of an age? Well, there's already, that's what I'm saying. There's already been drastic changes. I mean, 
you know, when they took away the blue uh, check marks uh, and turned it into essentially anybody who pays eight pay for play, right? Uh, a blue check mark, and that has, um, you know, which by the way, did you pay for your blue check mark, no. Johnny Mac? No, it, no, I, did I. I no longer have a check. I had a check mark. I no longer have a check mark. Um, and a lot of us who had the check mark no longer have the check mark and didn't pay the eight ninety nine. So we don't have the check mark. Now, one of the things, and I saw this from a Jets fan. You was a the Jets have already started camp. Um, I think it was Mike Tanier we had on the show. Mike was the one who pointed out, you know, typically he would have all kinds of Jets updates in his timeline because he follows a bunch of the Jets beat writers and things like that. Uh, and he noticed he wasn't getting as much. I guess there were a couple fights. Yeah. He didn't hear about them. Um, and, you know, because nobody's got the blue check mark and they're not showing up in his feed. Uh, so things have already changed dramatically. Um, ultimately, if it keeps going the way it well, go, it's going. Time out X. What does the blue check mark have to do with showing up in somebody's feed? If you follow somebody, you follow somebody. What does the blue check mark have to do with yeah, it? Yeah, well, that, you know, again, everything is political for a lot of people. Everything is conspiracy theories. A lot of people are saying their their timelines are not the same and that people who they don't follow are showing up in their timelines, which is true. I can confirm that. Uh, yeah, they, they, they um, throw, quote unquote, things they and, think you'd enjoy to see. And other people have, you know, been uh, less important in their timelines, however you want to phrase it, which, by the way, is the reason, again, flipped it because other people were being um, shadow banned, which is been proven in you know emails and things like that um that they banned certain voices and certain things who were saying difficult things and now it's turning so it's just a different side in charge and the whole thing's a cluster you know what i do think um for my purposes and by the way i've said this and you know hold me to this the day I leave this industry, I will never go on Twitter again or X. Oh, I will. Um, I will never go on X again. It is a cesspool, but it was a cesspool before he, he bought it. Right. Um, and it's a cesspool today. And it's just a bunch of awful people, you know, saying awful things. And it's terrible. But, you know, if you're in media, you have to have it. You know, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg tried to start threads and, you know, maybe that'll take over. Who knows? You never know with these things. Um, but it's not it's not what it once was. Can fair to say that. Uh, I've not seen any major adjustments to mine. I still get tweets from the people who I follow. And, yeah, you get added tweets uh, added. Uh, they, they choose for you who you think you would like to hear from by and I'm sure it's all decided by an algorithm. Well, now you got to be careful because you have all these goofballs that, uh, you know, um, buy the check marks and pretend to be other people. Um, so a lot of people get caught. You know, a lot of people try to be fake Adam Schefter accounts and fake Woj accounts. And, 
you know, they catch people with goofy stories. A lot of people enjoy that. Now, I think, Adam, I think ESPN bought everybody their blue checks back, I think. I'm not sure. Who did? ESPN. Oh, did they? I believe. Um, so it depends on the company. But but most of the writers, they did right. not. See, I don't understand. Books. And maybe you kind of can't explain to me. What's the significance of the blue check mark other than ego? Uh, it 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 was a signification that um, they were real, basically. Um, they were, um, you know, whether it's a Hollywood celebrity or in our case, um, oh, to 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 weed out fake guys. Yes. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I can see yeah. that. I if there was a fake Jody McDonald account out there and. Anybody ever clicked on it because you didn't know? I, I apologize, I guess, because I I didn't worry about the blue check mark for 10 minutes of my life. Someone once suggested me, Jody, you got it. Well, not more than one, be a lot of people said, you got to get the blue check mark. You got to go. And I would, why? Why do I give a crap? Well, a lot of people, a lot of, well, all, all of us who had the blue check mark originally, we did not ask for it, they gave it to us. Uh, for various reasons, um, well, didn't didn't you have to uh, so when when the one person who said I do it said he would do it for me? You have to yeah to apply for it. You had to. No, you didn't. You, I, you, well, didn't the, you have to be tied to a website or something like that? Well, the certain team like the New York Times, the L.A. Times, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. I see John Clark popping in. You know they would handle it and get all their people. Uh, blue check so if you worked for a company right, but somebody did the work for you yeah but we 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 i i had no idea i woke up one day and i had a blue check i have no so idea somebody did I, your work I, for you I, I, yeah I, somebody I, once I offered no to do the work for me and i said don't bother i don't give a crap yeah. uh but johnny clark i guarantee you he's got a blue check mark i don't know x. if he does well um, we'll ask him yeah on x because it got taken away yeah i know that but uh, we'll Chances see. Chances are Johnny Clark got it back. All right. He's McMahon. I'm McDonald. You're Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. John Clark on the roads of Philadelphia joins us next here on Birds 365. stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. You got McMullen, McDonald, and there he is out on the roads of Philadelphia. He's heading to a golf course, I can guarantee you that. Is our boy John Clark from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Johnny Clark, do you have a blue check mark on X? I do not believe so. Uh, yeah. I know it was taken away, so yeah. uh, I heard you, Jody, a second ago. I don't care about the blue check mark anymore. It was nice for a while, but uh, I have yeah. been stripped. Good on By you. the way, John, I believe we were all at the Novacare Complex when we got stripped. You remember the day? We got stripped at waiting. I forget who the who was talking, but we were all in the auditorium. When they took away our blue checks, it was a it was a dark day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were literally uh, probably one of the few spots in the country where like forty people all lost their blue check marks within five feet of each other. <laughs> who who cried the loudest? Who wept? <laughs> who went to uh, tears? Probably probably Eskin. Oh, good point. <laughs> Very good, uh, Johnny yeah. Clark. Score one for uh, Johnny Sunshine. All right, John, are you ready to go to work? Are you ready to put the summer behind you and show up? Well, you know what I mean? He's always working. The Come Eagles on. aren't going to be there every yeah. single day. Uh, but the amount of days that you are going to have to be down there, are you ready for a new Eagle season? Absolutely. It's it's kind of like the uh, the passing of the torch. Um, you know, you, you get through the Sixers, and then uh, you hope the Phillies can, can keep you going until Eagles training camp. You get some vacation in July. But – because of the, the prospects of this team having a legit shot of going to back-to-back Super Bowls, which is very hard in, in today's NFL, uh, it, is, it is extremely exciting. I can't wait for the reporting day tomorrow, the first day of practice. And, uh, you know, there, there's certain positions. Like, you, I want to see what the linebackers look like. I want to see what the safeties look like. We know what most of the other positions look like, but – I'm very excited. 
Uh, you mentioned uh, that back-to-back Super Bowl. It's been very difficult to do in NFL history. Uh, I think eight teams who lost the Super Bowl have made it back. Only three of those have won it. The Eagles look like they're set up well. Well, you know there's going to be hiccups, John. Uh, what's your biggest concern? Personnel, coaching staff changes, handling the expectations, because everybody wants to skip steps. Nick Sirianni's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Process, process. One day at a time. Everybody's got him in the NFC Championship game again. Absolutely. And look, I don't think we can expect the Eagles to start 8-0 like they did last year. Um, I think the biggest concern for me is the overhaul with the coordinators because you're going to have to do some things differently on defense. I think they're going to be pretty good and have um, a lot of good chemistry with Brian Johnson moving up. Uh, I think that you're going to have going into the third year of Nick Sirianni's offense. That's the most important part. Um, You've got good continuity on offense, but defensively, I think Sean Desai seeing what he's able to do as a new coordinator, I'm sure he's going to have some tweaks. Obviously, Nick Sirianni wanted something. And he said something similar to Jonathan Gannon, the way he played defense. But I think the new coordinators, that's the biggest concern. And just staying healthy. They got lucky last year, very lucky, staying real healthy. And so I'm really concerned about being able to stay healthy this year. All right, John, let's see if you're on the same page with uh, Johnny Mack and I. Uh, he, He and I don't agree on everything. Here's one thing we do kind of agree on. Some people are projecting a new element to the Eagles offense this year is going to be the passing game with the running back because they added DeAndre Swift, who was very good catching the ball out of the backfield for Detroit. And people are also projecting a uh, expanded role for Kenneth Gainwell this year. And he's a guy who's shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. The Eagles were one of the least uh, running back passing using teams in the NFL. They might've been 32nd last year. Do you see a major rise because of a new emphasis for Gainwell or the addition of Swift that the Eagles are going to become a throw into a back out of the backfield type team? Well, that's interesting because obviously Miles Sanders was more of a number one running back until we started to see Kenneth Gainwell become that guy in the playoffs, especially. Um, And Miles Sanders, he didn't exactly have that club in his bag. Uh, being a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Now, I do think you're going to see them attempt it more, but you've got a lot of running backs, and I think they're going to split time. Now, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, they're probably going to get a a, a lot of time more so than the others, but Rashad Penny, I think they're going to give him a shot to show what he can do with running the football. So I do think you'll see a little bit more of it. I don't think it's going to be huge. Because you've got to feed Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. You've got to feed them. And uh, they're your top three, so I think a little bit of an increase. But I think it was mainly last year because Miles Sanders just wasn't that great at it. And he would have some drops. But now you do have two guys who are legit weapons. DeAndre Swift, he's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And Kenneth Gainwell, we've seen him have more of a role. So not as much as I think some people are predicting. 
Uh, John, the running backs as a whole, because we kind of talked about this, some of the beat guys with Nick uh, leading up to training camp. Um, I get the feeling when when coaches talk about committees in the backfield, um, they talk about it because they have to, not necessarily because they want to. Uh, in other words, they would prefer a lead back, but you got to find a lead back. You mentioned Miles didn't have that club in his back. Well, if if Rashad Penny's using one club all the time and DeAndre Swift is using one club and Kenny Gainwell's using one club, opposing defenses are going to figure that out and all of a sudden you're very, very predictable. And then you got a trend bust and you got to have guys doing things they're not comfortable doing. So you want that three down back and then sort of, have the backup to sort of spell them and take some of the workload off them. But man, you don't want specialists, do you? No, but in today's NFL and, and especially with how you see, I think the Eagles are paying a total of six to $7 million for all of their running backs combined. And Miles Sanders is what making five, $6 million a year down in Carolina. Yep. Um, yeah. It's it's incredibly smart what the Eagles and Howie Roseman are doing. I do think that you're right. You can't just put Rashad Penny back there because then they know they're most likely not passing him the football. Um, but I do think with uh, DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell, uh, I do think that they can do all of the things you're looking for. So it won't necessarily let the defense know what's coming. I think they're going to get the majority of the snaps and the reps and the touches. That's my opinion. Um, We saw it last year. Miles Sanders started to be pushed aside a little bit in the playoffs, especially Kenneth Gainwell really got a lot of touches and reps. So I think those are the two guys who are going to see most of the action and Rashad Penny mix him in. Uh, but keep him healthy. That's the thing. You want to keep Rashad Penny healthy. Um, so so maybe limit his touches and reps and maybe save him for later in the season. Johnny Clark, I'm sure you were there that day. John and I have talked about it plenty here on the show. The head coach going out of his way to pump up Quez Watkins. That uh, even, uh, even though he wasn't asked about it, he went to the Quez Watkins motivated because he's hearing you guys say he stinks and he busted it in the summer workouts and a Quez Watkins season better than last year, worse than last year. The coach is talking him up a blue streak. I'm just not sure. What do you think Quez is looking at in 2023? I think we're looking at something similar unless there's an injury. You know, that's the one thing we talked about. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Dallas did have an injury, but, um, you know, your receivers were healthy. And if there was an injury, I could see more production out of Quez Watkins. But I just don't see it. And that's because of the talent they have with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And then you talked about some of the running backs getting some of the uh, catches out of the backfield. Oh, we lost Johnny for no, a second. We we'll see Clark. if we can get him back. But he's driving, so it might be difficult. But uh, hopefully. Second. Oh, we got him back. We but I do back. think Quez Watkins, Quez Watkins definitely has a role. You need his speed. 
You need his speed to maybe take that safety down the field a little bit more, opening it up. Um, you need his speed to stretch the field and keep defenses honest. So I think he does serve a role, but I don't see increased production just because of the talent that's in front of him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You got to get the ball to the big three first. And I think, you know, John Alameda Zacchaeus, who's a South Jersey kid and went to St. Joe's prep and all that, uh, he's more of a natural slot receiver. And, and 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 that will enable Quest to sort of back up AJ Brown, Devontae Smith on the outside. He's pretty probably better suited to do that. So maybe he's more effective in a lesser role, at least snap wise, uh, with with Alameda being here. Yes, I agree. Uh, and let's get the pronunciation. I, I just want to make sure I'm right because I practice it. Zacchaeus. Alameda um, Zacchaeus. I know it's Alameda Zacchaeus. I say Zacchaeus. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Zacchaeus. Johnny Glock. Right. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm right because you know we're coming off the vacation month. We're getting. Back I've been so focused on getting Alameda right. <laughs> I I didn't focus on Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. So yeah, yeah, yeah I have to I'm check that out. Pretty sure yeah. it's Keys. I think Johnny Clark's got it right. Yeah. Hey, you just uh, much like uh, previous Eagle, just go a big O. That's what I'm going to do. If I say I'm going to go big O. Be, uh, no, I want to say now I'm going to bring it up. Halapula Bati Baitai. I love saying that. Nah, he's big, he's big V. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't need to go there. Just go with Big V. Makes your life very easy. Um, all right, John. New coaching staff, and you'll get a chance at some point to talk to them. They'll make them available. Uh, they did one start in the offseason. It's a pretty big change for the Eagles. If you believe that Sirianni is the man and he's running everything and he's going to coach up his own coaches, then you don't have as much concern. But if you like the guys who are here who are now elsewhere as head coaches, for you, how big a concern is the coaching staff for some significant changes uh, to the Eagles' success this season? Well, that is probably my biggest concern, especially Sean Desai, because you look at over the years with Jim Schwartz and Jonathan Gannon, and look, a lot of people disagree with some of the things they did, but for the most part, especially Jim Schwartz, that defense was given up around 17 points or less, a lot of games and keeping the Eagles in games. And it's tougher to call games now with the rules and letting – receivers do what they want to do on the field and um look i i think that's my biggest concern sean desai with the defense and to see how he is going to put this defense together because look number one they've got the pass rushers and then they've got the secondary but the middle of the defense with the linebackers and safeties that's concerning to me can the eagles once again get pressure Without blitzing, can they get pressure from the front four, rushing four? Sometimes they've got five up there. But can they continue to get pressure like they did last year? I don't know if they're going to have the sack totals they did last year because they were historic. But pressure is really what matters. Can they continue to do that? If not, he might have to be a little more aggressive, blitzing, and doing some different things to get that pressure. So that's my biggest concern, an adjustment with Sean Desai. Yeah, I mean, and not only is there an adjustment with the coaches, and you also, by the way, John, lose Denard Wilson, lose Nick Rollis. So you have uh, other position coaches gone, first time in Nick's era here in Philadelphia. So you have significant attrition on the defensive coaching staff. 
And oh, by the way, they lost seven starters. Five of them are on defense. They lost Javon Hargrave, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Marcus Epps, CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, five out of 11, John. I'm not a math whiz, but that's a pretty significant turnover. And to assume a bunch of unproven guys are all going to hit the ground running. That's when I talk about some of these expectations, at least early in the season, that might be difficult to manage. I totally agree. Uh, I do think the important thing is most of the guys are back on the defensive line, and that is really the engine of the defense, as they say, and that's where you're going to really set the tone on defense, getting that pressure. Hassan Reddick had an epic year coming to Philadelphia, and now you've got Jalen Carter, and hopefully Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis in his second year will be better. And hopefully he'll get some more reps. I mean, Jalen Carter, the, the way people have described him when they see him in person playing for Georgia, not just on TV, but in person, his ability to get off and, and get pressure, it, it's, it's amazing. And he's so strong so strong. I think he's going to be an absolutely huge addition. I think he's going to open it up for the ends, just like last year with Javon Hargrave. Javon was fantastic. Javon Javon was underrated with the Eagles. Um, But but I do think Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and those guys, once again, Brandon Graham, kind of in that closer role. Fletcher Cox not playing as many snaps. You know, if you have Fletcher Cox not playing as many snaps, he's more effective. Josh Sweat, I think you've got a lot of numbers up there, and that's where it's going to have to be won because if if they're getting through the line, talk about running backs out of the backfield, opposing running backs, if they're able to catch the ball, that may be trouble with not not knowing what we're going to have at linebacker this year and uh, in the safety position as well. But I think if they can get the pressure, the Eagles will have some success on defense. But I do think you could have a rough a rough first month of, of them all learning Sean Desai's new defense. I asked John earlier in the show, uh, who is uh, Jalen Carter going to beat badly, maybe even abuse on video in these practices the first 10 days? He went Kelsey on me, which I was surprised. Well, right because there. of one-on-ones, John knows. The defensive <laughs> linemen are designed to win one-on-ones. Uh, you know, and, and when they get to that, which will be later in camp, by the way, camp is not that big. You saw the schedule, John. Uh, it'll be a few days. But when they get to those one-on-ones, yeah, that's what everybody pays attention to. And the offensive line usually gets their – and Jeff Stoutland says this all the time – usually gets their you-know-what handed to them. But that's you know that's what it's designed, but people overrate it. So Jody was asking me, who's he going to make a splash on? People are going to rave when they see Jalen Carter one-on-ones. He's a defensive tackle, so Kelsey's got to deal with it. Yeah. Maybe he takes a maintenance day that day. He's a smart guy. He's a smart well, guy. It, it may very well be the starting right guard, which is going to be who, John Clark? Well, I, I'm thinking it's going to be Cam Jurgens. I, I, I think you want to have your best five out there. That's always what offensive line coaches are thinking. To me, because Cam Jurgens has been here, um, he's kind of got a leg up on Tyler, in my opinion. 
But my guess is Cam Jurgens. if I was to pick one. Now, that might be 60, 40 percentage. But, John, what do you think from having been out there seeing uh, what you saw at the uh, OTAs? Yeah, I I think Cam is is the guy until he proves otherwise. I do think they hope Tyler Steen can get up to speed pretty quickly because they like those big bodies next to Jason because Jason's undersized. You don't want undersized, undersized right next to each other. So I think they're hopeful, but it's a little bit too much to ask because remember, Tyler Steen played tackle his entire college career. So not only is he trying to win a job, he's trying to change positions. So that becomes uh, kind of difficult. So I think it's Cam yeah, Jurgens was a center his entire college career. So yeah, but he's been he's been doing it. Not not actually he was a tight end. He was a tight end. Then he turned into a center. He's played a bunch of different positions. Um, and he's been in the system. He understands Jeff Stoutland. He's cross-trained at guard. No, that's true. So he's got a leg up. He's the leader in the clubhouse. We use John's golf references. Uh, it's his job to lose, all that kind of stuff. Um, I it, it, we're, We've been talking to you now for 20 minutes or so, John. We haven't brought up Jalen Hurts. I, rewind. This has been all offseason for Jody and I. All we talked about last offseason was Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts do this? Can Jalen Hurts do that? Is he going to take the next step? Is he the long-term future? You fast forward to the present. Nobody's got any questions about Jalen Hurts. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, everybody's like, well, you got this, you got this, you got this to worry about. Nobody's worried about Jalen Hurts. Nobody. Well, it's absolutely pretty incredible for – Uh, a guy who was taken in the second round where he was. And then last year, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Uh, Last couple of years, people have been talking about Russell Wilson, possibly being the next quarterback of the Eagles or Deshaun Watson. I mean, that was legit the talk for like a year. So for Jalen hurts to erase all doubts, be runner up MVP. It is just as equally a tremendous ascension as it was a downfall for Carson Wentz. I mean, it is really hard to believe that you could have those two quarterbacks go in complete opposite directions like they did when they were together with the Eagles. But I tell you, going into a third season in Nick Sirianni's offense, we talked about Jalen Hurts not having two years in the same offense since high school and playing for his dad. Now he's got three years, and we've seen him improve as a passer and a deep ball passer each year from Oklahoma to the Eagles. I, I don't want to say he can be better, but I do think you can throw the ball a little more and not count on him running as much to try to keep him clean uh, because of his his improvements in the passing game. I mean, it was remarkable. It's almost like Tyrese Maxey's improvement as a three-point shooter going in from year one to year two. Um, so to me, it's the work ethic. It's Jalen Hurts putting in the time. And, um, and yeah, it is, it is an amazing thing for him to get the contract he got and erase all doubts, be a top, let's say, four quarterback in the NFL, top five at least. So, so yeah, so, look, I'm expecting the best. I just want to keep him healthy. We saw what happened in the Bears game last year. So maybe a little bit more throwing the ball this year with the talent you have with the uh, pass-catching options. All right. We know that Dallas Goddard might not believe in the moon landing, but he believes in his quarterback. <laughs> um, 
how are they going to use Dallas? Assuming Goddard is healthy, miss one game rather than a bunch of games in a row like he did last year. Same exact way, split out a little bit more. Maybe they're using him with Stoll, same thing. Him split out wide. How do you think Dallas Goddard's role is going to play for the Eagles in this offense this year? Well, I think going into another year of Nick Sirianni's offense, look, I know Nick Sirianni, he's finding ways, unique ways to get Dallas Goddard involved, get him open. And I think you could see a few more wrinkles this year with Dallas Goddard because he is that skilled with that size and his speed. He is that skilled. So I do think you could see more variations of, of Dallas Goddard. Um, and, and, and when you're, when your receivers are covered up a little bit, Dallas Goddard's going to eat even more. That's why I say, that's why I say Quez Watkins, I won't see increased production from him because you've got such talent offensively. I mean, if you were to say right now, Dallas Goddard in the NFL, as far as best tight ends, I would have to say top four, top three. Yeah. He's right there. It's Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, then probably Goddard. And he was going to be a pro bowler if not for the injury. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. The Eagles had nine of their 11 starters earn some kind of, on offense, earn some kind of uh, postseason honor, whether it was pro bowl, all pro, pro bowl alternate. Uh, One of the two, it was Dallas Goddard and Quez Watkins. So, obviously, Dallas, if he didn't get hurt, would have been a pro bowl player. And then he would have had 10 of 11. That's yeah. how good the Eagles' offense was uh, last and, season. And um, what's impressive to me is only A.J. Brown is a free agent acquisition or a trade. He's the only guy that wasn't drafted on offense. They traded for A.J. All the other guys are drafted. Yeah, pretty amazing uh, uh, season uh, uh, and a tremendous personnel uh, built up by Howie Roseman. I do, and I want to let you go. I see you got to go. At Jay Clark, NBCS, John. Last one from me. Follow John on X, not Twitter. <laughs> and he's still the same guy, even with without the blue check mark. Uh, NBC 10, 6 and 11, uh, does a tremendous job. Uh, he'll be down covering the Eagles Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you TV guys get in there for that uh, first. We don't get to go to reporting day anymore, John. They keep us out. We don't get uh, to go to reporting. Oh, uh, you don't tomorrow. get to go to report. I thought they let you guys in. No, uh, and, and I tell you, John, I, John and Jody, I miss those days going up to yeah. Lehigh. You would be there when Andy Reid would arrive with his big Bahama Mama shirt, yeah, and then yeah. and then you would you want to yeah. see you 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 kind of you wanted to see who had the biggest flat screen. You wanted to see who had yeah. the biggest, newest Xbox. Um, yeah. It was cool when they had to arrive carrying all of their stuff. Uh, yeah. to, uh, to The old school dorms, if you go way back to Westchester, I, I covered the Vikings, Mankato State. Yeah, you'd have the college kids helping the players with yeah. all their stuff to, to, to move into dorm rooms. That right. would not fly today, John Clark. That would not fly today <laughs> with these particular players. Nicobe Dean, I talked about the quarterback of the offense. The quarterback of the defense, we saw him play 34 snaps last year because T.J. Edwards stayed healthy, Kaiser White stayed healthy. Now he's the leader. He's the Jalen Hurts of the defense, man. He's the one out there directing traffic. 
Well, I know. And, and, and look, I saw him this week. He was in a charity golf event that I was in. He literally probably had 12 Georgia logos on, on his hat, his <laughs> golf shirt, his golf shirt, uh, shorts, his, his sneaks. Um, now, when I see N'Kobe Dean in person, and I'm sure you feel the same way, John, he is not big at all. No, no. He does I not tell have... fans that and they get mad. What do they want me to lie to him? Here, you're getting <laughs> it from John Clark. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and look, it's, it's a concern. The size is a concern. But when you see the way he's, he's able to hit, when you see his, his movement, uh, he's an incredibly smart player. Um, and look, at Georgia – Jordan Davis and the guys gobbled everybody up on the line. But, but, but N'Kobe Dean, that is going to be a big question mark. And that is going to be a big thing to watch at camp. Can he take over, like you said, calling the defense, be the quarterback of the defense, and with his size, be able to be successful in the running game at linebacker? Um, I think he's got all the other skills. But, but that is a big question mark, and that's why linebacker and safety, that's, that's one of the big things to watch for me at this camp. Yeah, I'm on record. Don't sweat the size. He's going to be a tackling machine for the Eagles this year. All right, Johnny Clark, where are you playing today? Where are you going to be hitting them long and strong? Oh, thanks. I lost you for All a right. second, but thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. You got yeah, it, John. Thanks, John. Didn't find out where John's playing today. He's in another charity golf tournament. I, I, I meant to ask him if he had any good takeoff guests coming up as well. Ooh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll but unfortunately, uh, we the podcast. Checked. Listen to the podcast as well. Takeoff with John Clark. So check him out on X. That's where you'll find out who John's going to be having next. That's where. X. <laughs> Gotta be on X. That, I hate the, calling up a, a guy, the richest guy in the world, a goofball, but I'm going to do it. Elon Musk is a goofball. There, I said. And he's it. also a bit of an egomaniac because he likes to change everything and flex his muscles, uh, yeah. his financial muscles. But if you got it, you do what you what you want with it. All right, uh, what we got left is ten minutes. We'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds Three Sixty Five. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. MAGA Mac, last 10 minutes of today's show. Uh, Johnny Mac will be out Wednesday because he's kind of going to be busy going down over to the Novakette Complex, get his ID all set, and watch the first Eagles gathering. I'm not calling it practice. I really am. And again, we said this right at the start of the show today. John and I may believe the Eagles are a little light on their own scheduling, but they, they did it last year and they went to the Super Bowl, so I can't blast them for it. I can continue to question and maybe pimp a little bit, but I'm not blasting them for it. They they did it and they did it right and they had the success they had. Yeah, limited workouts this offseason. Uh, but McMahon will be there on Wednesday to actually see some on-field stuff, activities, workouts, not practice. Um, and it's nice that we can put our rankings and lists for the most part behind us. But here's my question for you, John. I uh, saw one today. PFF came out with their top 25, uh, Uh-oh. top 50 players in the National Football League. And much like yours, much like yours and Ed Kratz's list, not positionally weighted that they didn't necessarily add value to the quarterback position and downgrade other positions. It seemed to me like they just ranked the guys as per where they were in their position and then integrated it into an overall National Football League ranking. Lane Johnson, who was your guy's number one player, right? Yes. He was your number one. He was the highest rated Eagle at number, I think it was 18. A.J. Brown was number two. You guys had Kelsey as number two, right? Um, I had A.J. as number two, but Kelsey. You did. Also, you're up. right in line with uh, PFF because yeah. they had A.J. Brown 25 and Kelsey down in the low 40s. Yeah, but remember, uh, I did it before PFF, so no bias there. I um, um, I didn't. If if you took it that way, I sure as hell didn't mean to. No, well, I I didn't mean you necessarily, but other people. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's and I said it at the time when we were doing it and talking about our list. To me, the the, the first two were pretty easy. I mean, those are the best two foot pure football players uh, on the Eagles, um, Lane Johnson and AJ Brown. Um, and Jason's tremendous, and but you know he is thirty-five, and he is, um, and he, by the way, he admits it. Everyone says, you know, he hasn't lost a step. Oh, he's lost some stuff. He just makes up for it in other ways, and 
experienced and savvy. Uh, if he's not the same physically and AJ's at the height of his career, Lane's sort of in between, uh, been banged up a lot, but um, he's just been on such a heater, um, you know, hasn't given up a sack since, I don't know, before the prehistoric times it's been so long. <laughs> um, you know, those, those are the two best players on the Eagles. Some people got mad at me because I didn't put Jalen Hurts first. And I said, if you're looking for the most impactful player on the Eagles, again, no doubt about it. Good no question, no debate. It's Jalen Hurts. That's not the conversation. That's not what I was doing. That's not what PFF is doing. The best two pure, pure football players on the Eagles, I think they got right. I, I think they got them. Yeah, yeah, and on my list, I had Kelsey ahead of AJ um, for one simple reason. I think Kelsey was the best center in the NFL last year. Now, PFF rated Creed Humphreys like one slot ahead of him. I had Creed Humphreys 42 and Kelsey 43, something like that. I think Kelsey uh, had a better season than Humphrey did. And as much as AJ Brown advanced and I had him right there at number 10 or 11 going into the season. Oh, he went up the list after the year he had with Jalen hurts. He didn't go to number one or number two. And if you got Kelsey is either number one or number two at his position. Yeah. That's why I would lean Kelsey over AJ Brown, but uh, you guys agreed more power to you. The question I have for you before we exit stage left, Jalen hurts, not in the top 50, three of his teammates were, Jalen Hurts did not make the cut in the top 50. Mahomes was number one. Everybody expects that. Josh Allen was in the teens somewhere. Herbert was number 35, and Lamar Jackson was number 41. Does Jalen Hurts get motivation from that? We all just crushed Chris Sims when he ranked him the seventh quarterback before the season. And then other rankings came out, including PFF. Uh, who had him down uh, out of the top five, out of the top seven, as a matter of fact. Well, they didn't have Jalen Hurts ranked in the top 50 overall players with Herbert and Lamar ahead of him. Can he use that as motivation this year, that there are some people that are still disrespecting him even after the season he had last year? Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. You know, there's so many lists. Uh, there's so many. Uh, I, I PFF is probably higher on his list than most so you never know um but i mean you know madden ratings you know individual ratings you mentioned chris sims there's so many damn lists i mean you, you, I, it, he he's always said uh, he's got that great uh quote i had a purpose before everyone else had an opinion um he's always had a chip on his shoulder i think the chip on his shoulder comes from being drafted in the second round. And again, you know, a lot of people thought he wouldn't go that high. Mm -hmm. um, I think it comes more from that than any individual list and in any particular season. Um, but I'm sure he notices that, you know, a lot of people still rate players like Herbert and, and Lamar ahead of him even if even if you want to go as high as joe burrow you know he was runner up in mvp so i'm sure he he i'm sure he notices it um 
and it, it, he might use it a little bit, but I, I, I don't think he gets over excited about that kind of stuff. He doesn't get overexcited about anything. <laughs> All right, Jalen's pretty uh, low-key slash flatline, uh, and he uses it to his advantage. I hope he does uh, wisely. I hope someone's uh, keeping notes for him and wisely advising him uh, who he could be or should be a little perturbed by, and he uses that for motivation. All right, uh, we'd be out of time for the day. Uh, got a good one planned for you tomorrow. Our buddy Jeff Knox from uh inside the eagles will jump in early and dave zingaro late so we got two very good eagle beat guys for you tomorrow we should on the day that the eagles uh, actually show up down in south jersey and then johnny mack will be out wednesday because he will be there live so uh looking forward to the entire week johnny mack getting back to talk eagles football you'll be back here with me in the morning right yeah let's do it jody John McMullen, Jody McDonald, back on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.